I have no right to speak on what the act of coming out is like. But my experience from interviewing Zoe Robinson, she didn't tell me it was a walk in the park. And being married with children at age 54 didn't make that transition any easier. In this episode, we hear from Zoe and her story of becoming Zoe. Produced by myself, Gracie Bryson, this is Same Difference. How's that? Are those levels okay? One, two, three. Have hello, 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 hello. Meet Zoe Robinson, a 56-year-old woman who works as the Director of Corporate Services at the College of Physiotherapists of Ontario. She is a professional accountant and former CEO of the Canadian Freestyle Skiing Association, who transitioned at age 54. This is her story. When did I realize? Yes, well... I said, I woke up November 12th, 2018 and said, that's enough. There's a lot that I learned in my conversation with Zoe. The main thing being that this story is her story and no other person is going to share the same journey that she did. Welcome to chapter one, the skier. When I was a little child, I played hockey for a year and a half, and I can remember shots of me in my gear, kind of little on hockey stuff, look, looking cool. But we were skiing up at, up in the Collingwood area at Talisman, and skiing took over. It's a it's a great family sport, and hockey's not. So I and I was a freestyle skier my my entire youth. If you've never been a passionate skier, then it's hard to explain how this hobby can turn into an obsession. But what I can tell you from experience is that once it is an obsession, you can't imagine a life without skiing. Zoe grew up following in her brother's footsteps, who as well lived and breathed skiing, and so they both worked together for the Canadian Freestyle Skiing Association. Skiing was an important part of my life. I loved working in it. Even though for a ski bum, working in the industry seems like a dream come true, Zoe's role as the CEO of the company was incredibly stressful. In 2006, we were at Apex in Penticton. We were doing a World Cup and we were doing our national ski championships back-to-back weeks. Stupid decision. Dumb, 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 stupid. I didn't know how to manage my stress. I didn't know how to manage my time. I have general anxiety disorder. The anxiety just got to the point where I shut down. I was freaking out. I was doubting myself. I wasn't happy with me. I thought people were going to be angry at me. People would be mad at me. I'd lose my job. Like. <laughs> Friday night before the event started, Jean had gone out to a pizza hut with the kids. They were out for dinner, I was to go meet them. I got to the hotel room, wanted to change, just lay on the ground, got into a fetal position, and didn't get up. 
I'd shut down. The anxiety had gotten so bad that I couldn't do anything. I just didn't know what to do. And the phone rang, and the phone rang, and the phone rang, and of course I didn't answer it. And then they come back, and she finds me. And that was the beginning of the end. Zoe has battled mental health issues for a very long time. This panic attack she experienced was a buildup of anxieties and depressions throughout the years and was a turning point in her life. As she reflects on her journey with mental health, she realizes how many experiences she swept under the rug in fear of being outcasted. This was the late 90s and early 2000s, and according to Zoe, this was not a time where mental health problems were welcomed with open arms. I started to do things for me. It wasn't for work, it wasn't for the family, it was about me. Chapter two, The Runner. So I started to run in 2007 as part of getting better. I eventually started running marathons in 2008. I ran Vancouver, then I ran Victoria. I qualified for Boston, ran Boston in April 2009, ran 302 at Boston. My running times were getting better and better, but I was devoting serious hours to it. And I'd be running 80 to 120 kilometers a week plus having a family, plus working. So the family didn't get a lot out of that. Because it was really the first time I'd ever put my, put, set my mind to a goal. But I became obsessed about it. I was so focused on running. My spouse at the time just said, you got a choice. Either you, you, know, you, get, in the, you, you get in the boat and be with the family and be, and be a partner or you can go run, but I'm not going to stick around for it. So I stopped running. Completely. In cold turkey. I thought to myself, maybe running was holding her together and calling it quits was a huge mistake. But as she explained, it wasn't a hobby. It was a total obsession. And even though she'd quit for the sake of the family, the damage was already done. Running wasn't the cure to her mental health problems. It was a Band-Aid. And when she ripped it off, the wound was not healed. Chapter 3. It All Comes Out. But I was always unhappy. Always unhappy. Couldn't figure out why. I was a breadwinner, I was kind of a partner. I thought I had a loving wife. The relationship had started to go south very quickly at that point, and as I found out that my ex was having an affair with my boss for 14 years, as I learned, and eventually I was told that it was because she couldn't manage my mental health and my illness and, and all the crap that came associated with that. I was an angry, anxiety, depressed individual. She just went, well, you know what, I'm not getting anything here. 
this other person is providing, is meeting that need. And they got along very well, and I knew that. And I thought they were really good friends, and I think I kind of did a lot of the blind eye to the whole thing. So I kind of dug my own, you know, dug my own hole. But it's still complicated, but we're making it work. And as far as that whole story goes, she's been on a long journey. She's still on a long journey. At least we get along well now. We've always been better friends, better girlfriends than we were husband and wife. Zoe and I are sitting on a patio at a Toronto cafe while she tells me about the affair. As she's telling this story, in a relatively calm and collected manner, I feel rage. I feel angry and so incredibly upset for her. Yet, she tells me this story with a level of compassion, almost as if she's accepting part of the blame. At this point, for their children's sake, they stayed living together. Sort of. We converted two-thirds of the garage into a little office that became my room, that became the, place, the only place where I lived. And I lived this, frankly, miserable existence. So this is where we transitioned to the long history of how do I get to zone. At this point, I'm sure you have a relatively strong handle on Zoe's past. Her ups, her downs, and her long and still ongoing battle with mental illness. All of that is really important for understanding Zoe's whole story. But this story is not all about mental health. In fact, this story from this point on is about triumph. It was a long process of self-examination, but she did figure it out. And for Zoe, this discovery was and I quote, life-changing. So with that, welcome to Chapter 4, Discovering Zoe. I do remember, you know, going to my mom's room and rifling through her lingerie drawer and trying on her panties and trying on her pantyhose and trying on her bras and, and stuff. And then, you know, putting the pillow down, you know, wearing the panel, putting the pillow down and fantasizing I was pregnant and all these things. And I went like... Once again, I think that these were things that were meaningful to me in, 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 in some way. Of course, living in Gray County in the 1970s and early 80s, you hid that. You did not publicize that in the least bit. Like, I mean, not a chance in hell that was going to happen. I wouldn't look to the muscle magazines. I'd look to the, the running magazines and look to the women's fitness magazines like shape, you know, I look at those and I go, wow. Now, I didn't realize at the time, you know, I, you know, I thought, oh, I'm being a red-blooded young boy and, you know, I find them sexy and stuff, but I think what more became about is that I saw myself in these pictures of these beautiful, leaf-fit women that resonated with me. And I went, that's what I want to look like. I remember situations where in the summertime, and so cut-off shorts were all the rage back back in those days. So I'd wear like cut-off shorts. And, you know, and I remember one day coming out of the back of the house and going out of the car. My dad looks at me and goes, what the hell are you wearing? You're not wearing those with me, so go back inside and change. We did a trip, what was like grade 9 or so, grade, nine or grade 10. You know, you do your trip to Ottawa. 
It's the last day. We're about to come home on the bus. I'm walking by the store that has these great, amazing, deep red linen pants. Oh, yeah. So what do I do? I go in. I try them on. I love them. I buy them. I go home. I wore them once to school. Quickly, they found the back. Because that was not cool. These were all little things that, looking back, obviously meant more to Zoe than what she thought they did at the time. So she wanted some groovy, flashy red pants. She didn't think much into that, other than the fact that she just thought women's fashion was way better than men's. But I wanted to know more. I wanted to know why these little clues didn't resonate more with Zoe at the time. I wanted to know if childhood memories like the one she explained are common experiences among transgendered people. But most importantly, I wanted to be educated. So I reached out to Kelly McKee, a registered clinical counselor who specializes in gender dysphoria, transitioning, and gender identity issues. According to Kelly, where a person falls on the gender identity or sexual orientation spectrum isn't a choice, despite some people believing it is. Here's the thing. The unfortunate reality is that a lot of people are uneducated about the LGBTQ2 community. And even worse is that a lot of these people are just okay with staying uneducated. But this is what's causing the divide in acceptance, fair treatment, and equal rights in this society, according to McKee. So here's your education lesson. The next chapter is called The Transition. But before we hear from Zoe, let's hear from Kelly, because I believe her insight from a scientific background helps us understand more. At least it did for me. I'm um, a registered clinical counselor in BC. Um, I have an MA in counseling psychology from UBC. And I've been uh, counseling for almost uh, over 25 years. Gender dysphoria basically is that discomfort or distress, the discrepancy between how one sees one's own gender identity and that person's biological sex. Biopsies of brains of individuals who have passed have indicated that for people who are transgender, I'm going to use the male to female, for instance, have, well, for the lack of a better term, a female brain. It's sort of like everything's in the wrong shell. And the dysphoria often is, it de develops. It's not like all of a sudden, boom, it hits full bore. It can, like I say, it can come at different times. For some, it happens when a child is like six or seven years old. They already say, why, just a minute, I don't, I'm a girl. Why am I do look this way? I'm not like my sister or my friend or whatever. For others, it can come later when there's a better, they gain an understanding of like, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. I'm in the, this doesn't fit me anymore. I was seeing a doctor. I ended it because there came this barrier that I didn't understand. And you know, he said to me, you have dysphoria. 
And then, you know, I thought, oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> Basically, there's a disconnect between how you think about yourself and what reality is. There are a lot of men out there who are hiding in a closet. I've met them. I've had sex with them. And you know what? It's more prevalent than you think. But for a whole bunch of reasons, they won't do what I've done. For all the same, you know, so they're scared of, you know, what's my wife going to think? What are my kids going to think? What's my family going to think? Am I, I'm going to lose all of that. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my place in society, within my community. You know, what's going to happen to me? And they go through the calculation at the end of the day that it's not worth it. Not connecting with one's authentic self creates that inner conflict, that dissonance increases, it becomes traumatic. Zoe was done with the trauma. She was done with the hiding, done with not being herself. I came out because I saw more positive portrayals. I made the calculation that I was pretty safe. The cost-benefit analysis, so to speak, is that I'd rather be, rather be somewhat miserable around this and have this discomfort between what you psychically believe your identity is versus what you physically have. Transitioning in most cases creates a total feeling of relief, according to Kelly. But that doesn't mean that the anxiety and difficulties just disappear overnight. A big battle that Zoe particularly faced was figuring out her sexual identity. Here's where I'll admit, I lacked knowledge. I viewed sexual identity through a cisgendered, heterosexual lens. Kelly explained to me that transgendered people can have a really tough time figuring out their sexual identity because there's an expectation that they're supposed to be attracted to the opposite sex in which they identify with, meaning a trans woman would be attracted to a man. But Kelly explained to me that this doesn't really make sense because sexuality is on a spectrum. Being straight is the expected sexual orientation because of generations of societal norms and constructs, but this expectation makes it extremely hard for trans people to navigate their sexuality. So here's chapter six, romance. By this point in mine and Zoe's long chat, the cafe night rush was starting. Our conversation just flowed and continued to flow despite having people sitting next to us. Well, six feet from us, of course. I mean, we'd already been there for a couple hours and we were just diving into Zoe's sexual orientation. So without further ado. Well, three things happened to me. <laughs> and the first was coming out as transgender. Big change, happy. And the second was getting out of a bad marriage and that was good for me and the family and my spouse. <laughs> um, and then the third one was trying to do with my sexual orientation. I'm still trying to figure it out. So I started having sex with men. I, I am the woman, I am the receiver, I'm a bottom, I, it's, I love it. I, I hated the man role. I just was bad at it. I just didn't want to do the work. I just, 
the whole thing. Yeah, just I'm like, don't don't want to do it. Just can, can we just stop, please? Yeah. Oh, we don't want to do that. Although I, where my where my difficulty comes in is though. Oh, I like having sex with men. I hate being with men. Because at the end of the day, you just want to be treated like a human being. Just doesn't matter what I look like. Doesn't doesn't matter what I have between my legs and my pants. And, like I think like, that's a really who cares. You can be confident as a trans man or trans woman. You can have success in life. You can have success personally. It's harder. No question about it. It's just really hard. If you're strong and confident about what you do and you and you and you're thoughtful about the skills and experiences you develop over time, you can do anything you want. I still go up and down. I still have bad days, but I am demonstrably happier than I've ever been in my life because I've accepted, understand, and love who I am. Well, that was my episode, and I hope it was as eye-opening for you as it was for me. And thanks to our executive producer, Emily Morantz, associate producer, Manuela Vega, artwork by Ben Shelley, theme music composed by John Powers. I've been your host, Gracie Bryson, and producer of that episode. And of course, last but not least, shout out to Amanda Capito, the legend of all legends. And remember, fitting in is overrated. <laughs>